0: The next time you have an emergency, head straight to Atmed Urgent Care, two locations fifteen twenty four Atwood Avenue, Suite one hundred twenty two in Johnston, or East Greenwich fifty seven fifty Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, Urgent Health Care Facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic, treatment service, and AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost efficient healthcare alternative to hospital based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net you're listening to the john DePietro show folks we start right now at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 FM. you can always listen online at our website, which is tapetro.com. Well, we have made it to September. It's Thursday, September 1st. And I will tell you, last night, I want to commend NBC10, Gene Velicente. That, um, that was the best debate I've seen in a very long time. I'm going to play some parts of it uh, throughout the course of the show. But uh, Matt Brown, to his credit, I don't know if he's going to win, but Governor McKee, I haven't seen, we haven't seen a governor get that type of a beating take a beating. I think you have to go back to the 90s. Uh, no, the 1990 race with um, at least a governor taking a beating like that between Bruce Sundland and uh, Ed Dupreet. But it was fiery. Uh, the, the, you know, the whole purpose of the debate is you, you have to demonstrate the contrast. And what I liked about last night was Gene Velocente really just let the candidates... Uh, go at it. And it's tough when you have all these different candidates that are all in the in the same, you know, from the same party. I think that it becomes a little more difficult to try to get it different. So I want to play it. There was some, some very good parts. Uh, Governor McKee, at times he held his own, at other times he, he really uh, lost it. Well, you know, he, he was rattled at different times. So, but I want to play... There was also some good back and forth between Helena folks that did very well and, um, and Nellie Gorbea. so but Matt Brown, I'll tell you, he brought it, absolutely brought it last night. So let' let's go to it and hear it a little bit. This is um, some of the debate last night on NBC 10 gubernatorial uh, primary debate for governor, hosted by Gene Velicenti and NBC 10. And uh, at times, I I don't think the clips even encompass how much Governor McKee was really under attack. Uh, They said FBI so many different times. And he just seemed, to me, he was, he he like walked off the stage like, like he was limping off the stage, as a matter of fact. But boy, did Matt Brown lay down a beating last night on Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. I just, I don't recall the last time. I saw anyone take this type of beating. So let's uh, go to some of the, the audio from last night. And uh, there was an audience there at Johnston Wales, but it was a very good set <laughs> Here we go.
1: Right, that's you
2: right. Just kind of downplay the notion of, of raising no. taxes. Make square
1: that for. Me. No, no, no. Big corporations deserve to pay more. The Democratic Party should be the party of small businesses. And that's exactly what my proposal is, is planning on doing to make sure that big corporations, which, you know, I understand a corporate Ceo is not going to want. You know they're friends to be taxed more, but I am going to represent the people of Rhode Island, and so that's what we're doing to, going to do with my tax proposal. What is a big, so cor- the, what is a big corporation? We know CVS uh, yeah, is. No, it's Garde's Furniture. 90, no, no. Lemonade so, on the- so no. So it is ninety percent of the small of the businesses in our state are small businesses, and they're not going to see anything. And by the way, we're looking at equalizing the tax burden to massachusetts so we have one percent one percent to allow us to do better schools to rebuild our infrastructure to address climate change you know i would think that a good corporate citizen would be willing with the right leadership in place that's actually going to be an effective governor governor would be willing to invest that amount of money
3: in the future. Uh,
2: Helena, folks, you said you read through her plan. You differ with uh, what company is I, big enough. I did
3: I still can't figure out if Nellie's changed her mind or if she's changed her plan, but something isn't adding up. When she put her press release out early on and say she, says she was going to raise corporate taxes, honestly, at first I thought she just meant on big companies. The fine print showed, however, that if you were a domestic profit corporation, you would pay 1% more, so we went on her website to look at what those looked like. Dell's, Cellos, Twin Oaks, lots of small businesses would pay more taxes. So I guess the question, Nellie, is have you changed your mind? No. And what is the criteria for these small businesses? How many employees exactly well, are going to... You this so the last debate. So so can you nail it down, Nellie? So she's no, saying that... She's
1: absolutely incorrect in what she's saying. She's, she's misstating my plan. And I'll say this. Again, a corporate leader who has always put profits before people... Whose idea of a really good policy is to lay workers off so that then she can get a $29 million, you know, salary? Like that is not the kind of, of leadership that we need in the public sector. We need somebody who has shown a track record the for helping people. Answer the question. the question. is you're misrepresenting no, my plan. Many How no, many employees? No, you are misrepresenting my plan. It is only to be taxing. Corporations, and you know what? we're looking at one percent. One percent. I uh, wonder it right, doesn't. Okay. Small
4: businesses, here. My yeah. businesses need exemptions on the tangible property tax. It's 1.4 percent in Newport, 5.5 percent in Providence. Poor people in the state of Rhode Island cannot get out of poverty because when they start
2: businesses, they are taxed out of business.
4: And by the and way, those are the businesses. businesses. Well,
2: let me jump in on small <laughs> <laughs> Jay, business. Uh, Petra, and yeah, back. Go yeah. uh, I assume you share taxing the corporations uh, just as Nelly does.
5: Yeah, I mean, a huge problem in this state is that the people in power have taken public money and moved it over to extremely wealthy corporations like Amazon that don't even pay taxes. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, Governor McKee cast the deciding vote to take $60 million of our money, public money, and give it to a corporate developer to build a soccer stadium in Pawtucket. It has since come to light, Gene, as you know that he had a report from his own administration that shows that that deal is gonna lose the state tens of millions of dollars. He's now redacting critical information from public records did you think you could cover up from the people of the state the fact that that deal that you put through is going to lose the people of this state tens of millions of Go dollars ahead, governor
2: are you redacting anything it, it's well, very let, me say, it's about, let me talk about the small business and i'd be happy to t- address uh, you know that another false and false and desperate type of accusation there right so on small business no one has done more for small business than i did as a lieutenant governor and now as a governor millions of dollars went out to the small business and grants over five thousand six thousand of those grants We also put money towards the small businesses and the minority business. I reshaped the entire diversity office. 16% of the state contracts are going to women-owned and minority-owned businesses. That has never happened before. On the tangible, I did put a small business uh, article in the budget this year. Well, now when people trade in their motorcycles, they're going to get the, the sales tax off of that. It's going to help the small business. It's going to help uh, people in the state. We're okay. going to continue doing that. On the tangible, put legislation in to provide local communities, as a former mayor, I understand it. Local communities can, uh, now they don't have to go to the General Assembly to get approval to give some lot okay. of relief on the tangibles. I've got to, I've got to keep us on track. We've moved to Tidewater. That was my next question. Governor, they're banging you on this. It's, it's factually correct to say it's controversial. I think that's fair. Now, you can go ahead and defend it. Well, being a governor is, is controversial, as we all find finding out here tonight. Right? So, I agree with that. The, that's factually, uh, that's uh, factually so correct. The, um, but, yes, let's take a look what I've done. With dollars that we had in our surplus and also the federal dollars. No, no, no. Tide water. But, but, but tide water in the reference, you have to take ro- tide water in the reference of the work that I'm doing to create an economy in the state, put people to work, and then creating a long-term economy for the state of Rhode Island. Forty million dollars to help the fisheries down in Galilee. Sixty-three million dollars into Quonset to help the people on the export, import, and the wind. Another thirty-five million dollars to help a uh, to establish a wind. Report, you know, for wind offshore wind in yep. East Providence. Okay. Another money into the Superman building to put people in downtown to help those small businesses there as well. We're gonna put money on the new right. we're gonna put money on the on the AMP center uh, on the roof to allow that. Governor, so these that's are all great, public but let me fair, Let me put, narrow we'll know, you about I, you, Go you ahead, Dr. Governor. As a financially
4: struggling city of Pawtucket where I live, they cannot even open the school doors on time today. It amazes me that you think that Pawtucket has ten million dollars and that we can shift 26 million away from affordable housing towards a soccer stadium where clearly the data shows it's not going to create economic opportunity well, first
2: of all that's not true we didn't okay. put any more dollars into we didn't put any more dollars into that package than what was already there no, and then you know, as well as also this is what the city of Pawtucket has offered yeah. the 10 million dollars so i think they know how to manage their community they do a very good job mayor Grebgen does a very good job like the other two go ahead we secretary
1: have to, we have to move away no. We have to move away from an economic development policy that is the shiny object, right, and that benefits the very few, to one where we are investing in local businesses, addressing the housing crisis, education, and climate change. Those are the keys to really doing economic development in the state. It is not one-time deals like this. That's what we have to move away from so that the people can actually be
3: a part of this economic boom that's the problem okay
2: it is your turn helena on tidewater
3: i think the tidewater deal is clearly emerging as a big problem for this state i've been saying this all along and and so i reiterate the fact that we had an opportunity 18 months ago to do a very good deal Mm -hmm. i think the governor made a big mistake but the bigger mistake was actually not doing what leaders do pulling really smart people together saying to each other the cost just went up fifty percent what could we do that would really help Pawtucket?" and i think what i bring which is very different to this equation is i've negotiated hundreds of great deals in my life i know how to build a thriving business and economy and ultimately the reputation of this state is really important to us we have a governor who is under fbi investigation and we have a secretary of state who'd like to raise small business taxes None of this will help us drive a great economy, and I do not know how to Matt, do that. Matt, you started
2: this. Go ahead and finish, and we're moving to education.
5: Yeah, Governor McKee, you know, Jean laid out some rules at the beginning about some protocols. Uh, I've made st- a number of statements that you have said is false without backing them up. You're under FBI. Your administration's under FBI investigation. That is true. You cast the deciding vote to take 60 million dollars in public money for a deal that you had a report at the time. That said that it was going to lose tens of millions of dollars for the state. Is that not true? Is it not true that you are now redacting critical information from public documents about that deal? What is not true about any of those? Go ahead, businesses? Governor,
2: hit them. Well, hold off, hold off, audience. Go ahead, Governor, city answer Patek the Patek 3 Patek Patek that's going get them out trade, of the way. I'm not going to turn my back on the city of Pawtucket like these people on this you stage want to do. City of and down then, the river, they stuck
5: with a $10 million debt. That is not true
2: city of Pawtucket offered the $10 million. They know how to manage their community. I'm a former mayor. I understand what they're doing. Did you show them the and, report and so, that
5: you had that showed the deal was going to lose tens of millions of gonna, dollars? Let, can I answer the question? Yes. Please? Go ahead. No, let let
2: me I mean, ahead. the badgering on the stage here is a little unprofessional, by the way. You're sweating down there, so keep sweating. And uh, if no one one swe- <laughs> so, no sweating. The fact of the matter is, the people in the Galilee and the fisheries are going to be very happy with that investment. The people in Quonset for thousands of more jobs are going to be happy with that investment. The people in Providence are going to be very happy with investment we're making in Superman Bill. And by the way, also I figured out how to yeah. solve the bus terminal problem in, but, in, in Providence. They have not do, and the people of Pawtucket. When we finalize there. the project yeah. there, the people on the stage you obviously don't know how, how to get it done. I do, and it's going to be well, a good be, project. because of the communities
4: okay. that I come from are the ones that suffer from bad deals like that one, like 38 Studios too, which Helena folks was actually in, in, in line of giving wrong them more right. money. You're wrong and left the left. governor, at You're this point left. in time, in terms of the soccer stadium, now fails to acknowledge that it, when you front money, when you promise the money up front, right, the project becomes too big to fail. It becomes too big to fail, and it's going to land on Pawtucket kids' heads. Okay, governor, he's entitled
2: to answers. <laughs> Yeah. Folks, folks, please, just want to, just the audience. I got a bell here. it. I'm trying to get. Governor, he's entitled to some answers to some straight questions. So, so what's he the question? gave you three. Uh, so your rubber, question? I, I'll, I'll take I'll it from you, Gene. I'm, I'm not going to take it from down, down there. Well, what's it, the question? It's part of the four. You, heard it. it. Tell the, me the first question. one had to do with ILO. Matt, you want to know what on ILO? Oh,
5: you said that. You, that uh, something I said was false, what Fear I said question. That you are your administration is under FBI investigation.
0: That's right. More than a third of FBI
5: investigations end an in indictment. That's if right. If you are indicted in office, will you resign? Right.
0: Put the people Fear question.
2: Through what they've been through many times it's before, point, which is a trial.
0: Fear question.
2: question. It's it factually it correct. It is. I do not need an investigation to know
0: what I did and didn't do in office. Then why are they me, looking into, they into you?
2: They are going to come up empty. There's nothing,
0: there's going to be no charges. Why are they because investigating? I know what I did. And what I did, and for the people who
2: stayed over island, what I did. Was oh, you did sure it for us. Every decision I've made. As wow. Has been in the best interest of the people who stayed over Rhode island. So yeah. They're going to come up empty on that one. Matt. Okay.
4: What's your
0: second, what's your next question? Okay. Well, just to follow up. No, no, Wow. No, we're going to hold it there. You'll get closing statements. Well, folks, that's what it sounded like. And again, I, to his credit, Matt Brown, he was not wrong on that not wrong on that at all that's how it sounded we'll play a little bit more again it is thursday it is september 1st that was the debate last night on channel 10 you're listening to the john DePietro show J perry paving folks you can depend on J perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401 732 1730 j Perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving folks who are listening to the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website petro.com Uh, It's time for our legal segment. Joining right now, he is one of uh, Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's also our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, we might as well start off with uh, the Trump fiasco. And um, we'll try to keep, there's a lot of different moving parts to this. Um, There's been a lot of developments uh, in the case, especially with uh, the DOJ and their response to Team Trump. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of waiting for team trump to to do something right or get something new Uh, i think the challenge is not to pile on but i want to just start off with some of your thoughts on the displays that they've listed and and we're getting a clearer picture of what led to this this raid
6: you're right john there's a lot of moving parts and we'll try to take it in little pieces um And I've heard some of what you've been saying on air, and you're right. It's not fruitful to compare what's happening to Team Trump to what happened with Hillary or what happened with Hunter Biden. This case is this case. Um, I guess it'll be for another time when all of the um, information is known, both what was taken by uh, the feds and what was in that affidavit. Uh, as to whether or not uh, Trump is receiving disparate treatment from others. That may or may not be the case, but uh, President Trump is certainly not doing anything to help himself. No. His, sto- his stories keep changing. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what the other side has in its hand and you start saying things to the media... And then you've got to revise and retract and say something new. You know, from a political standpoint, the optics are terrible. From a legal standpoint, I don't think he and his team are really helping him. It's gone from, oh, I think the feds might have been planting evidence to we gave everything over to no, we didn't give everything over, but the president um, declassified it, um, None of it really hangs together as a cohesive argument. One of the things I think from the Fed's point of view is to the extent that President Trump had classified material at Mar-a-Lago, how, how secure was it? I mean, this is a country club. He's got his private residence. He's got one of his lawyers, Alina Habba. Hop- Foolishly saying, well, he has people up to his office all the time. Oh, wow. Great. So he's got people up there and they're sitting in a room that has classified, potentially classified top secret information. Um, How secure is it? Maybe Trump figured, well, I've got secret service here. They're in the room with me. Nothing's going to happen. It's clear that the Secret Service agents have to be the ones, ones one or more, that have been feeding information to the Department, uh, Department of Justice on back channels about all the stuff going on at Mar-a-Lago as it relates to these documents. Um, so President Trump should, like I say many times on your air, keep quiet. Don't say anything else you you're kind of punching in the dark. You don't know really what you're shooting at. I, I think that from the DOJ's perspective, it's a little bit despicable, a little bit scurrilous that whatever the Trump team says, well, the DOJ will leak something and then they'll leak yeah. something else. And that's their MO in all of these investigations They strategically leak to friendly news sources what they want to come out. Meanwhile, saying, well, we can't let you see everything because, you know, it could um, impact national security, et cetera. That may be true. That may not. But I don't know if it would be appropriate for the judge down in Florida to, you know, basically, and I don't know how you would force it, to have a gag order that the DOJ is not to leak anything further um, the most recent thing they leaked was the photograph showing um, a display of top secret material, um, I guess, on the floor in Trump's office at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I'm sure that they didn't walk in to uh, uh, execute the uh, search warrant and said, look at that. Trump's got these papers all over the floor. You know, that was something composed by the agents who executed the warrant so that they would have a nice photographic representation. Oh, look, the president really did have this material. It was, I believe, a created scene that they created, not something that depicts the way President Trump um, secured documents, is to lay them all out on the floor. Right, um, and, But that's, <laughs> and Tim Dodd, uh, when,
0: I, when, when the, you know, Providence police, they did a, a raid at the house and then they came out with, and then they display all the guns or state police, and you know there's there's drugs and cash and money. You know there is normally a ruler. It's 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 the evidence. To, I mean, no. I I thought that's pretty basic, but Team Trump seems stuck on the the optics that that they think that people think that they walked in it was on the floor. I mean, I I didn't view it that way. I viewed it as. They very meticulously were showing this, what was, was in evidence box 2A, I think is, is the number, and they do it proportion. There was nothing – you couldn't read what the top secret documents were. But as a result of that photo, his – as you said, one of his attorneys went on and said it wasn't like that. They they must have taken them on – or he did, he actually said. They took them out of the containers. Well, they, they weren't supposed to even be in that office. I thought they were secured – in a room, and tip down, I want to go to the. what we do know, and that is that apparently on June 3rd, one of the attorneys, and they're saying it's this Christina Bob, that she signed a sworn affidavit saying <laughs> that, that that was it. That was the extent of information they had. You know, They, they then started getting, and this was after a subpoena to get it. Um, let's just talk about it. I, I noticed that she has kind of been out of the limelight. What, what, what type of trouble could someone be in If, in fact, I mean, she she told them there's nothing else more here. Apparently, she also wasn't letting them look in other certain material in this, quote, storage area. But let's just start off with that, Tim Dodd, an attorney that seemingly produces a fake statement to the to the DOJ and the FBI.
6: Well, she's got problems. The affidavit that she um, signed Uh and I'm paraphrasing, basically said that she's conducted a diligent search and that um, she is attesting to the fact that no further documents that the government's looking for um, exist at Mar-a-Lago. Now, at one point, federal investigators came in. They said, well, why don't you let us look in those boxes over there to this make sure that we got everything and that there's no misunderstanding and you didn't miss anything. No, you can't look over there. So she signed an affidavit saying it's all taken care of. They say, why don't you just let us look in those boxes to verify? She says no. Mm. Well, is that some evidence that she knew that there was stuff in those boxes that she hadn't turned over and that her affidavit was false. It it is a problem if especially a lawyer, but really anyone make knowingly misleads the, um, federal investigators. Um, she has signed a sworn affidavit and it appears that she participated in a fraud upon the department of justice to conceal evidence, to move evidence, and ultimately to obstruct justice. If she is obstructing what the feds are getting in their search warrant because she's hiding documents, concealing documents, moving documents around, she might have thought, assuming she did it, and we are speculating, but whoever did it must have figured out we're being very clever. But apparently what they never counted on was we believe, secret service agents in there watching the whole thing. Basically, there's spies in the Trump House, and the spies in the Trump House are relaying all of this information back to the feds. So when the search warrants executed, they know exactly what they're looking for, where it's going to be. uh, And That would be the pretext that the feds had to say we had to go look everywhere, including Melania's closets, which seems to be a big deal in Trump world, because we knew they were moving stuff around and trying to hide things. But we found everything. So Trump has said there was nothing. Trump has said, my lawyers told me I could declassify this. Um, None of it's really hanging together. Uh, Will Trump be um, prosecuted? Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think he will have enough um, wiggle room to say he relied on his attorneys and his subordinates to make sure that everything that needed to be disclosed was disclosed. And if his lawyers are telling him, oh, no, Mr. President, you've declassified that, you can keep it, it's safe for you to keep it, and he's relying on the advice of his lawyers, I'm not sure what he's doing would be necessarily criminal, but um, but his lawyers could be in a bit of a jackpot one one other side note john i find a little bit troubling is when the feds executed this warrant they wholesale took everything they could find all paper boxes everything a lot of the material that they've had now for weeks includes attorney client information you know correspondence between trump and his lawyers we don't know on what topics But it's disturbing that they have access to attorney-client information. They have not returned that information. And it's not really the central focus of what Trump's team is now trying to do, having a special master come in. But I think it's disturbing that the feds have had access for a long time inventory to photocopy to do whatever they need to do with things that they should really never have gotten in the first place to the extent it's attorney client it's very um unsettling to me that they've got that they haven't returned it and who the hell knows what he's got in there regarding him and his lawyers that's really um objectionable
0: folks quick break much more ahead attorney tim dodd right here on the john depetro show
6: propane plus
0: in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401-885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling 885 4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508 252 3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane plus Call them 401 885 4209. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dunn. Tim, I, I want to just stay with the Trump thing just for a, a few moments. I want to read for you a quote. And then I, I want to kind of walk, walk through it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> former President Trump may have thought he was playing f- offense when he asked a federal judge last week for an independent review of documents seized from his residence in Florida. A move that at best could delay but not derail the investigation and the handling of the records. But Tuesday night, so today's Thursday, Tuesday night, Justice Department used a routine court filing in the matter to initiate a blistering counteroffensive that disclosed new evidence that Trump and his legal team may have interfered with the inquiry in the filing. Federal District Court for Southern District, they revealed more details about the classified material that Trump had taken with the White House, including the remarkable photograph of several of them arrayed on the floor of Mar-a-Lago, his home, private club, what read at times like a roadmap for a potential prosecution down the road. The filing also laid out evidence that Trump as always, may have obstructed justice is this a situation, Tim Dodd? And I, I want people to really understand this, <clears throat> you know, it, because nothing is stopping them from, he is, as you say, you know, it's the changing narrative and the lawyers going on television. Um, this seems like, you know, they were just out there initially. The DOJ was silent, Trump was not silent. That's what started the whole thing that they planted evidence. But this seems to be, Tim Dodd, what can happen when like you really poke the bear, they, they are, and they're not even showing all of their cards yet, but they immediately turned over what, what the Trump people had been saying. It seemed in that filing, the DOJ just completely changed the narrative and turned it on its head.
6: Well, yes. And I, I do think that if there are prosecutable crimes here, um, it's not necessarily Donald Trump who will get charged, but his subordinates, the people who the, well, the one attorney who did sign that affidavit and who participated and was present, I believe, when the um, search warrant was executed and had other interactions with federal agents denying them access um, to documents at the at the at the residence. Let's assume President Trump is sitting there and he says, can I keep this stuff? And his lawyers are saying, yes, Mr. President, you did this all correctly. You followed the, uh, the presidential records, statutes, you declassified these things, and they go through everything saying, yes, you're, you're fine. You've complied with the law. I, I'm sure that it's his team that's interfacing with the feds who are looking for more documents and asking and asking. And his team is trying to fend off the requests. Now, if his team is misrepresenting and obstructing justice and lying yep. to federal investigators, I think they could certainly be prosecuted. Can Donald Trump, based on mm. what we have so far, I don't think so. Um but it's one of these situations where it seems everyone in the trump orbit winds up getting indicted for something yeah and he always kind of avoids culpability from a criminal standpoint um i mean politically not that i'm here to talk about politics even if he avoids getting uh, prosecuted or indicted for any of the shenanigans going on at mar-a-lago it is another example where he is either listening to bad legal advice or listening to his own advice and being his own spokesman and saying things that he really shouldn't because when all the facts come out what he says may seem a little bit preposterous and ill-considered and not a good reflection on you know what he does in a crisis or dealing with uh attacks on what he's been doing it, it it's not looking good for him no matter how big of a trump supporter you might be if anyone out there you've got to acknowledge that he seems to be screwing up right now
0: and and tim Dodd, i mean carl Rove was on fox news and he even corrected the anchor um this whole business of all well, the his documents and the declassification i mean carl Rove was saying this is government property and and i i know people don't seem to fully understand, but if something is in fact declassified, it's my understanding that could then a, a news agency, a media arm, or whatever could could make a request, uh, right? That's a public records request to then publish something like that. I just it's too much of a reach for me that if you have a list of human intelligence, which apparently one of the documents was, which means you know we have CIA all over the world, we have agents all over the world, we do have spies, we call them other things, but that somehow that fox news is going to publish that list because it was declassified i mean i i just you know it it, it seems it doesn't seem to reason and and i want to go back to you know his latest attorney saying and having the visitors up there um they they also i mean we're both they they find they found some of the documents they found in his desk now that tim out that's that's very different than we have it in a secure room down in the basement at mar-a-lago
6: Yes. And the, the thing that's really inexplicable is why fight to keep this material if it's top secret or if it's for, you know, there's different classifications of secrecy, but what was the motive to feel he needed to keep it or not it, all of this stuff, um, it it doesn't make any sense was he looking to have uh leverage against his political opponents much the way people think j edgar hoover used to keep a dossier on everybody so he could leverage everybody is that the material that was in there um it, it doesn't make sense as to why he fought so hard to keep this material without some ulterior motive. It doesn't make sense. I don't know why he was fighting so hard to keep it. If he's fighting to keep a birthday card that he got from some leader of a different country, who cares? But if it's top secret material, which affects potentially national security interests, and it's all floating around his residence there in Mar-a-Lago, it doesn't make sense that he would want to keep that and why he would fight and have his attorneys making misstatements of reality in order to try to preserve it and keep it there. I I don't know what the end game is, and I don't think any of us will unless and until we know the nature of these secret documents. And if they're so secret that they affect national security, we may never know. We may
0: never know. And Tim Dodd, finally, before we, the the whole element of attorney client privilege, uh, what if in fact this, you know, Christina, Bob or someone else says, you know, if, is it is it possible like Michael Cohen flipped? Is it possible that one of the attorneys who ultimately could be kind of thrown under the bus here, if, if they flip and they say, I said that because he that's what he told me to say?
6: Well, that's a good point, John. If if one of these attorneys flips and says, I lied in this affidavit, I knew it was a lie, but uh, President Trump f- forced me to do it. You know, then there could be repercussions criminally for Trump if it gets that far. Yeah. Again, he's always surrounded, except for Cohen, who was certainly not the most credible person to come after Trump. You know, his um, the CPA for um, the Trump organization, he pled guilty, but he didn't flip. Um, yeah. He's had a lot of people in his orbit who have not flipped. Um, and implicated Trump in any criminal activity. Um, this uh, Christina Bob seems to be a real Trump zealot, yes. but who the heck knows how well she'll stand up if she's now at the center of a potential criminal investigation. Will she stand and, and take the hit, or will she flip? Who knows? And Tim Todd, finally,
0: this legal team, for instance, the latest now, this Helena Hobb, you know, she, she was on Hannity last night. You know, I have firsthand knowledge. I've been in that office. That's not the way the office looks. He has guests frequently there. I understand they're putting her out there for PR, but is there any, do you see any legal, is she serving any legal purpose? Is she helping the cause legally by, by doing these appearances and saying these things? I, I get the impression that it's legally that she's not helping the, the case in any way. It's if anything, it's maybe hurting the case.
6: Well, from a PR standpoint, she's certainly not helping. And from a legal perspective, I mean, the facts are the facts. The feds have what they have. I think what she says can't really help or hurt. But, you know, if she's acknowledging that um, uh, guests have been up in uh, President Trump's office, I'm sure that's not news to the feds because they've had Secret Service people in there presumably reporting back as to what's going on so i don't think she's providing anything new but she is certainly providing negative grist for the mill that you know media wise that goes after trump everything she's saying um doesn't help his cause from a criminal standpoint from a political standpoint from a pr standpoint again team feels they need to say something and react in the in the media but um it's not helpful
0: no and and one last element uh tim down before we take a break what and i want people to fully understand this as they're going through the guise of this in in court if people you know if one of the attorneys starts talking about hunter biden's laptop or starts talking about hillary clinton emails i i i just think people should realize that's i i do you see a scenario where the judge would allow that to come in and and just be I, that's that's not part of what this legal proceeding seems to seems to be focused on
6: well, well no i think that it's an important component for the public to be skeptical of sure. the way the okay. department of justice um, decides who they're going to go after and who they're not but right. i don't think you can use what's happened with hunter biden or hillary no. to mitigate against whatever criminal activity might have been occurring at mar lago right
0: folks quick break much more ahead legal expert attorney tim dodd right here on the john depigio show home again consignment located governor francis shopping center fine furniture art antiques glassware jewelry buy sell or sell in consignment in Estate sales are provided. It's home again consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Home again consignment. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's talk about uh, John Eastman is in the news. He was the attorney. He gave the speech, that famous uh, speech rally at um The eclipse on january 6th he was with rudy giuliani he seems to be having some problems in this uh, georgia case
6: well yes i mean i think he was brought in for uh testimony and he pled the fifth which as we've talked about before it's probably the smarter thing to do if anything you say could subject you to criminal uh jeopardy and you know, the media likes to say, oh, he invoked his Fifth Amendment privilege 157 times or whatever the number was. Well, that's true, but it really doesn't paint a entire picture. Once you're being asked questions and you get past things like what's your name, what's your date of birth, what's your home address, um, once you get into anything of substance, the play is to invoke your Fifth Amendment privilege. You can't testify halfway down the garden path, and then say, okay, now I'm going to invoke the fifth. um, Because that can be challenged saying that, you know, you didn't invoke your privilege at the outset of the line of questioning that could subject you to criminal jeopardy. So once he invokes the fifth, or whoever doing the inquiry is going to ask every question under the sun, knowing that this guy is going to take the fifth. And then there's a nice media headline. Oh, he took the fifth 157 times. Oh, isn't this looking bad? Well, it's almost like once you, once you invoke the fifth once, you kind of have to keep doing it almost for the rest of the um, subject area. You know, if they switch gears and said, how many kids do you have? he would answer that question. But as right. long as they're on the topic uh, that brought him there, Um, He's well advised to continue to um, plead the fifth and not to give up anything that could implicate him. Again, the optics are terrible politically for another person who's been caught up in the Trump orbit, but um, I think he had no other choice.
0: Tim Dodd, uh, Officer Lugo, this was the incident folks back late June. It was a pro-abortion rally at the state house after the Supreme Court made their announcement province police officer he's off duty he somehow gets caught in the melee he of all people gets into some kind of a altercation with his at the time political opponent Jennifer Rourke he since then dropped out of the race they had a bench trial on Tuesday and one of the charges got dropped but the the argument of trying to break down um I thought his attorney actually seemingly did a pretty, pretty good job about, you know, the amount of money that she raised afterwards. She, they had got her to admit that, that she, I believe initially kept saying she never put her hands on them. And then they showed video that showed that she had, but what can you tell us about this Lugo trial?
6: Well, the trial is in district court. These are misdemeanor yep. charges, but of course a misdemeanor charge of um, if you are found guilty of um, assault, could cost him his job with the police department. We know that um, Providence police came out early and said they think that this guy should be fired. Um, Candidly, I think that was a premature assessment and a premature pronouncement, Um, but it is what it is. Uh, The trial is being conducted in front of Judge Houlihan, who's a really excellent judge. Um, I'd be happy to try a case in front of him anytime. He's, He's excellent. And as you pointed out, um, Officer Lugo has a very good attorney in Dan Griffin. He knows what he's doing and he elicited some pretty good material at trial. Um, There's a lot of video showing exactly what happened here. You know, and it depends which video you look at. I mean, when um, Jennifer Rourke was fundraising off the initial video, that very short snippet in slow motion, um, she raised a lot of money. When you look at, other videos that were taken of that uh, scene, um, th- the video is not as compelling uh, being against Officer Lugo or favorable to Jennifer Rourke. I recall looking at the videos back at the time. and it did appear that Rourke made contact with Lugo from right. behind. Yes. So and he turned and it appeared that's when contact occurred between lugo and Rourke. question will be was that an assault or was that some form of self-defense i i don't think the trial's over i believe there's a status hearing scheduled for the first week of september and i'm presuming then it's up to the defense what kind of a case they want to put on will they put lugo on the stand it seems to me if he wants to assert um the affirmative defense of self-defense, he'd be obligated to get up on the stand and say, listen, this was a chaotic scene. It was a melee. I didn't know it was Rourke behind me, but somebody touched me, grabbed me, you know, made contact with me from the rear. um, And I turned around to um, repel the contact that was made with me. Um, It is true that in the early report, she denied making any contact with lugo and dan griffin at trial got her to admit you never told the cops you made contact you never told anyone anytime before this trial that you made contact and she said yep that's true but now you're saying uh, under oath on the stand that you made contact with lugo before he made contact with you yes so the judge threw out the um charge of disorderly conduct, but said there's enough as the state of the evidence is right now that he could be found guilty of simple assault. I don't think the judge is willing to say that as a fact, but the status of the evidence so far would be that there's enough that he could be found guilty of an assault. And I guess that is dependent on what sort of a case is put on when the defense has its opportunity to call witnesses, make arguments, and um, see what sort of testimony or evidence they can get in, and whether that would rebut the presumption that there was an assault. And it seems to me it's got to be a self-defense uh, case that's put forward.
0: Tim Dodd, could this end up at a you know trial, jury, the whole the works?
6: Well, if... Officer Lugo is found not guilty of simple assault. That's the end of the story. Sure. If he is found guilty, he would then automatically take an appeal and he would have the right to a trial uh, de novo, meaning a brand new trial mm-hmm. in superior court in front of a jury. Yeah. So he, he essentially gets two bites at the apple.
0: Sure. Folks, again, we're going to leave it there. He is our attorney, uh, legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. We'll continue to follow the uh going on situation with the doj down in mar-a-lago and uh, we'll talk to you again
6: thanks john take care
0: folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call yankee tree call them today 401 439-6028 yankee tree service yankeetreeservice.com what can they do they do it all tree trimming experts based right in lincoln tree removal since 2006, and also 24-7 emergency service available, call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028, 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket trucket service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, they licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 439- 6028 439-6028. if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 4396028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the John DePetro show it's AM 1380 99.9 FM you can always listen online at our website com. remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website depetro.com. that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.